Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zero. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick, and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. Listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. Subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts. Rate and review the show. If you give us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. Also, let us know you did it because we don't always see them when they are when they go up. Uh, Patreon.com slash CriticsPod is the best way, way to help support the podcast. We got bonus episodes up there, such as the Friday the 13th commentary track. I believe we have more coming in the future very soon, uh, along with Sean and I's music reviews and other other things and then t public if you head over to ihatecritics.net click on the t public link you can get some of our podcast merch sean where can people get your reviews you can find a lot of it at geeks.media or horror.media you can also find the archive blog if you want to you know tell me i'm i'm lying about my opinion of a past movie maybe i am i might have forgotten it's at uh, shot at the movies.blogspot.com and jeff where can people get your art uh, JeffLasseter.com has links to my Etsy and my TeePublic, and you can just buy shit off of there, too, I think, now. And all those links are posted in our show notes if you are interested. All right. Let's jump right into the show. We have three new movies for you. We'll start with Sisu. Sisu is a uh, film made in Finland, uh, directed by Jalmer Hellender and uh, starring Jorma Tamila. As Anton Atami, excuse me, Atami Korpi, uh, he's a uh, a soldier who uh, has fought in the war and has gained a reputation as being a, a brutal killer. Uh, and he's now, of course, uh, on his, he's retired and wanting to just cash in. And he's found this big vein of gold that he's going to take to the capital and cash in and you know call it a life. Unfortunately, on his way there, he's confronted by fleeing Nazis. It's 1944. The Nazis are fleeing Finland. Uh, and uh, they confront him. He ends up killing a couple of them. Uh, a whole battalion turns around to fight him, and uh, they end up in a a bloody, bloody battle in which uh, uh, Corpy is basically the... Uh, <laughs> he's basically John Wick crossed with a little bit of the uh, the Black Knight from Monty Python and that nothing can kill or slow him down. He just wants to keep fighting. Uh, they, the movie is best known for its trailer, which is all about how uh, there's this cute sheepdog in the movie and they want you to know that the sheepdog does not die and indeed (laughs) dog lives it it survives the entire movie just don't ask what they do to the horse because oh my god it's horrific (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh this movie is is really good in many ways i think it's gritty and gross and bloody in a way that that i appreciate kind of like john wick uh i i like some of the uh it's almost comically uh, brutal at times, uh, but and especially I enjoy watching Nazis, you know, just get knives stuck in their heads. That's a, that's something I'll always enjoy. Uh, it's the, it's the one class of people that we can all think of, many one of the few classes of people that we can all agree on. Uh, you know, we don't mind seeing them get knives jammed in their skull or them blown uh, to, into little pieces. Uh, so that's fun. Um, this movie, is, like I said, is not bad. Uh, I think I think it goes a little bit too far in how much this guy can survive things, uh, even beyond, say, even John Wick. I think this guy gets even even more uh, brutalized than that. 
Uh, and that does push the film into sort of a place of absurdity that it doesn't quite uh, justify. But I still had a, I still had a pretty good time watching this movie, and I still did enjoy enjoy. I still did enjoy it stylistically and t- kind of on that uh, Schadenfreude level of just you know watching Nazis get knives jammed in their skulls. Yeah, uh, I this movie suffers from coming the, out the week after Boys Afraid uh, for me. Uh, and I had the same issue when Midsummer came out. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Uh, I think the. I'm surprised that they don't hear people raving about it like they did Mad Max Fury Road. Because it is kind of. It's a different kind of action movie, but. Because it's not like. It's not as slick as John Wick or Mission Impossible. It is brutal. Uh, but it's got its own kind of style. Uh, and. I think people are going to like it and have fun with it. And I think it'll do well online watching it with groups and whatnot and streaming and all that good stuff. But again, it's, it's pretty repetitive. I had a hard time. Like I would much rather watch Inglorious Bastards or something like that than this. Uh, but that's not trying to be Inglorious Bastards. It's trying to be, you know, an action movie, a badass action movie. And I'm just, I wasn't in the mood for badass action movies after <laughs> Bo was afraid. So it was hard for me to get in the right headspace for yeah. this movie, but there's nothing wrong with the movie. I mean, it's, you're a hundred percent right. It, it does go, uh, I don't want to say unbelievable. Cause of course, I mean, it's, uh, it's essentially a Rambo like figure, right? Uh, of course it's unbelievable, but, there are points where it does it gets so far out there you kind of pull yourself out of it and I couldn't tell if it was the movie or, or if it was the fact that it came out the week after but was afraid uh, you know making me lose investment I guess if you will uh, even I get, the, I get yeah. go ahead I get that because like you have that you know that transcendent uh, cinema experience you, you don't want to lose that headspace and when you're walking back into the theaters and trying to recapture uh that feeling and it's not there anything was going to pale in comparison after after Bo and certainly yeah this movie i saw it before that so i have i, I saw this well over a week ago and so i didn't have that going into it but yeah there's also an aspect of this too is that it's a little bit derivative like i said like i mentioned john wick but also like it has a chapter structure that is like inglorious bastards and uh, the marketing campaign has that sort of irreverent uh, Tarantinoism that uh, they definitely want to evoke as a as a uh, marketing campaign. Uh, it, it, also, part of that marketing campaign, aside from the dog, is a, a group of women who are in the movie who are uh, you know, are viewed a number of times, you know, walking down this you know uh, road carrying guns, looking like they're going to kill some Nazis as well, which they do. But it's not a big part of the movie. But it is a has been part of the marketing campaign, which is a, not entirely misleading, but not entirely truthful about those characters either. Well, it, it's not. It's not to Tarantino's level. I think if it was, that might have actually worked for me. Just as a marketing campaign. They're just oh, yeah, 100 percent. You're 100 percent. Absolutely. But that is, you know, like you said, it's derivative we've seen everything in this movie at some point in another movie uh yeah more or less uh the the cringe scenes uh, you know they just i don't know 
again, after seeing Bo afraid, Bo was afraid, the uncomfortable level that I went through there, the misery, the every motion that it dragged out of me, this couldn't touch that. I mean, there's, there's a scene where he's hanging and he uses an open wound to hold himself up while he's hanging. And I just, and it's not as effective as it should be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it is great for, for the right audience. And again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just kind of more, I just find myself either rolling my eyes or yawning or just watching it and being like, okay, I get it, but not like embracing it. And again, it goes back to being invested. I just never got into the right headspace for this movie. And I'm sure it has its audience though. At some point, he turns into Tom from Tom and Jerry, where he's just he's getting blown up so much that you're just your your ability to to uh, suspend disbelief. Like that scene to me, like you're not walking after that. You, you, I'm so I don't care how immortal you are, or how extraordinary his uh, resolve is to to get his gold back and take revenge on the Nazis. He's just not going to walk after that. And I don't. I know the movie's not trying for an objective reality but it doesn't do enough to tell you that it's not going for an objective reality and and it's not so stupid like the fast and the furious or whatever where it's so over the top where you just kind of laugh at it and have fun with it. it it's you know trying to be this own little world I, pretty much everything with the plane at that point i'm just kind of like okay <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh, and again, yeah. you're not supposed to think it's real, but I don't know. My brother's going to love it when he sees it. I'll just, he's the audience <laughs> for that. He thinks the best movie in the last 20 years is Mad Max Fury Road. And I, I think that audience, while it's not totally like that, because it is more over the top, but it, or I guess they're both over the top, but in, in a different way, I do still think if you're just into badass actors, uh, and that's all you care about is, oh, that was cool, then I think this is the movie for that crowd. Definitely. But not for the every, like the John Wick audience, not everybody from that audience is going to like this movie. Like only a portion of them will. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Anything else on Sisu before we move on? I do like this movie. I do recommend it for particular fans. I think it is skillfully directed for the most part, but to, I I wanted to love this a lot more than I did. And I wanted to be something else. It's not fair to the movie. Everything I'm saying is not fair to the movie. The movie is what it is and it does really good at what it is. I just was in the mood for another movie and I can't hold that against this movie. Polite Society. Polite Society is a terrific terrific movie about uh, it's uh, directed by and written by Nita Manzur and stars Priya Kansara as Rhea, who is a, a teenage girl who dreams of being a stunt woman. She's supported by her uh, sister, uh, played by Ritu Arya, uh, until her sister falls in love and is about to get married. Uh, and this is where a sort of conspiracy plot kicks in, because uh, Rhea would prefer that her sister not get married. She wants her to stick around and support her in her, in her uh, career and her dreams and uh, with her sister leaving, she's going to be the only one at home with her mom and dad who may not be as supportive. And uh, she's also just kind of selfishly just wants her sister around. So part of what's happening is she seems to be inventing a conspiracy involving the family that her sister is marrying into. But there's also an actual conspiracy going on because this family may or may not have something that they're 
doing, whether it's some kind of human trafficking operation or something even more bizarre. And there is something even more bizarre at the heart of the movie. This movie is very funny. It's a terrific action movie. The characters are absolutely wonderful. Uh, I, uh, Priya Kansara is just so much fun. And she's got uh, two young actresses who play her best friends who are just, just they're an adorable trio. You can't help but just absolutely fall in love with while you're watching them because they're so they're so cute uh, being friends and and being badasses as well. And and they do get to the chance to be real badasses in the end. And I, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed everything about this movie. It's just got a, a really uh, deft, light tone that also takes, you know, it, it, it plays well with like the ideas of uh, storytelling. Like, is this really happening or is it not really happening all the way up until it admits what's actually happening? Uh, it's really clever really well put together and it bombed so spectacularly this weekend it's so sad uh the movie was in over a thousand on over a thousand screens and it did not uh break a million dollars and that's uh that's unfortunate uh, more people should see this it's really a lot of fun i'd never even heard of it <laughs> oh really yeah same i i saw the trailer a while back and and just absolutely loved it because of all the uh the martial arts stuff combined with like uh Bollywood elements. There's a great like Bollywood dance sequence in this that is also cleverly woven into the plot. Uh, it's just so much fun. Any chance it picks up live streaming or? I hope so. I, I don't know. It's like I said, it bombed really badly, and few, very few people seem to be talking about it. So, uh, Focus Features has truly epically dropped the ball on this one, and it's a it's a real shame. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, based on a book by Judy Bloom from many, many years ago. Uh, this is a uh, comedy uh, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig and uh, starring Rachel McAdams and a young woman named Abby Ryder Fortson, who is the Margaret of the title. Uh, a lot of people move, know this movie as sort of the a movie about uh, being a, a, a you know the, about the transition from being a twelve year old to a, a young woman. Uh, but a lot of this is actually about a crisis of religious faith. Uh, her parents, uh, played by Rachel McAdams and Benny Safdie, are from different religions, and they've given their daughter the opportunity to choose what religion she wants to be. And a lot of the movie is her talking to God and trying to figure out what it is that she believes. Is she Jewish? Is she Christian? What type of Christian would she be if she were going to be Christian? And those are really those questions are really well handled. And uh, Part of the reason why they're so well handled is this uh, wonderful young actress, uh, Abby Ryder Fortson, who sort of endures the the humiliations of the other part of the plot, uh, so she can really hone in on this uh, this much uh, bigger question about uh, about her religious faith. And I, I really loved the way that uh, Kelly Freeman Craig balanced those two stories and kept it all you know very light and funny throughout. Uh, this cast is wonderful as well, uh, with Rachel McAdams and especially Kathy Bates who. Uh, Kathy Bates may be the best scene stealer in film history. I mean, you're talking about like her in Titanic or her in About Schmidt or her in Primary Colors, where she's just this, she's a supporting player, but she and she's not pulling focus. She's just so good and probably so much better than everybody else. <laughs> it, it, it's not so much that she's stealing the scenes as she's just so good. You can't take your eyes off her. And she definitely does that here. And I love the way she does it. She's playing, you know, the grandmother character to Abby Fortson's character. And, and she's not like, 
they're not doing these cliches like where she's the sexy grandma who says anything, who says all the inappropriate shit. She's just grandma. She's just having a life, and and she happens to provide you know good counsel, and and she's cuddly, and I, I, they just let her be a grandma, and that's great. She just happens to be really super charming at it. Uh, this movie's terrific. I had a terrible experience at it. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll tell the story. I guess I'm, I think I told you guys in the chat. I went to see this movie because I missed my critic screening a few weeks ago, so I had to go see the movie uh, the night it opened, and. Uh, I was sitting in the front row watching the movie and enjoying it. And I walk out and I go to talk to the uh, the managers who I'm friends with at the movie theater. And they're like, yeah, it, it, some lady could have complained about you. And I'm like, what, about why? What would they complain about me? And she, I, they just said there's some creep in the front row watching this movie. And apparently just watching this movie in public <laughs> uh, apparently makes me a creep, I guess. <laughs> Did, were, did you find out if they're messing with you? Because I know you mentioned at one point you were hoping they were just messing with you. But. I was hoping they were messing, but I talked to I talked to him again. And they, no, this lady really did complain. Wow! <laughs> so she knows you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. Well, as I was like, uh, as I was watching the crowd leave, I did notice that it was a, a crowd entirely made up of mothers and daughters. Like there were there, were, I was the only man in this full theater i didn't real. it never occurred to me but until afterwards but yeah i mean and i do understand yes to a point like i am uh you know a single guy sitting in the front row of the theater watching a movie that is about a young girl's coming of age but honestly i think it'd be great if more men saw this movie and kind of found a way to understand you know young teenage girls on a on a level that you know talking about things that they don't talk about with with men in their family there's something valuable to that I'll be honest. This isn't the only reason, but that was part of the reason why I didn't try to go see that. <laughs> it's because of <laughs> your story, because I would have had to go see it alone. Uh, but I mean, I've had experiences like that, and sometimes guys are just scary, even when we're not. <laughs> you just don't know. It sucks uh, that we live in a world like that. But Jeff, you saw it, didn't you? I did. Um, I saw it by myself on Sunday, and <laughs> I was not the only single male in the room. <laughs> Um, I loved this movie. I mean, it was like emotional and funny and the performances in it were just great. I never really cared that much about Rachel McAdams, but she was terrific in this. You know, I got that she was going through her, her changes just as much as her daughter was, um, you know, trying to kind of find her way. Uh, Kathy Bates, like you said, was just, hilarious and i really really every scene she was in i was hoping she was going to be in more uh she at one point shows up at their house and i i feel like i read this book because i read everything by judy bloom back in the day but i don't think i did because i just was so shocked that she showed up when the other grandparents were there um just i mean everybody was just perfect as far as like their casting and how they handle the material. And yeah, I just, I think everybody should see this movie. And I, I, it was packed when I went, which is weird. Cause the, this one also bombed. <laughs> like it, it, it was on the most screens of anything else that, uh, other than uh, Mario and, and made under $10 million. So it, it didn't, it didn't do well. 
uh, which kind of kind of shocked me because uh, I like I saw it also at a at a, at a full screening. Uh, I I was aware of this book. I, I didn't. But the the main thing I remember is I think there was an episode of the Brady Bunch where they were doing that. Uh, you must you we must we must we must increase our bust thing. I'm pretty sure that was an episode of the Brady Bunch. So that's how I became aware of it. Um, that I <laughs> that type of thing is so very funny. But there's so many incredibly relatable things about here in this movie that are, that go beyond just the experience of a teenage girl getting her period for the first time. Like uh, they're moving to, she moves to New Jersey right at the start of the story. Like that's this big change in her life. Uh, she's got to leave her grandmother behind and her uh, friends behind in New York city. And she arrives in the New Jersey suburbs and this girl just comes up and like, we're friends now. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she gets inducted into this friend group. And that is pretty relatable for like people who've been, who've moved to new towns and either you, you just sort of, glom onto a new friendship or somebody just chooses you as their friend. I've been there. Like I had a friend of mine do that when I moved once uh, they just kind of said, we're friends now. And I'm like, Oh, okay. We're friends now. Uh, it's the great, one of those great relatable, you know, young teenager moments. Uh, another one I, I was really relating to was the whole religion thing. Cause it was, I was like, uh, I was 13 or 12, 13, 14 when I was like, you know what, mom, I'm going to be a Muslim. And she was like, what? No, no, you're not. <laughs> I did. I did that. Uh, I, I really enjoyed what I hear, what I heard, uh, what I when I heard about it. Uh, about uh, I was really like hardcore about the idea that if you steal something, they should cut your hands off. Like I was really like, yeah, that's what this is about. I didn't actually. I was too stupid to actually look into the actual religion. <laughs> Just the dumb shit that our that our uh, country teaches you about that religion. Uh, <laughs> But I, I mean, I, I started rebelling about about uh, you know religion at a very young age and became an atheist uh, relatively early on in life. So I definitely, I related to that very heavily. Her, you know, this desire that she has to continue talking to God, even as she is questioning whether or not there even is a God. That's bold. I mean, for for whether the, you know if that if that was part of the book at the time, and of course it's still bold now to allow. A, you know, a character this age to be this forward thinking about questioning uh, religion is is incredibly bold and 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 incredibly well handled in this movie. When my fourteen year old niece told me she didn't believe in God at the dinner table one night, I was just like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> awesome! Me neither." <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think that's just that's part of what makes this movie feel so so true and authentic is the is that kids do ask that question and kids do have those those thoughts and they should be encouraged to think for themselves in that way and this is certainly something that i think is a hallmark of judy bloom is encouraging kids young people to to think for themselves and discover things for themselves and and that can be, I know, for, for parents, I imagine, Bob, that can be kind of scary uh, for, for you as a parent to, to think of your child discovering these things on their own and maybe not talking about them with you and, and, and having to go through the experience of, uh, I don't know, the loss of a religion or the loss of a, a faith in something that, they, that you seemingly thought they would have their entire lives. That's got to be something to watch. Yeah, when he gave up on Satan, it, it hurt. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... <laughs> 
obviously I went through it. It sounds like we all did to an extent. And so I went out of my way to, you know, do what you want. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, uh, so I'm not, but I understand why it could be. I mean, he just even, I think I was telling you guys a story about a situation I dealt with last week where someone compared the swastika to a rainbow flag and what's the difference in the symbol. And it's like, there is a too much, a large percentage of this country where that just being Christian is normal. You know, it's not, it's not a belief. It's just how it is and the way we should be. And they don't understand that, you know, that needs to be respected as much as, or that needs to be treated on the same level as something like any other belief or I I don't know. And, And they just, they don't, it's just the way it is. It's normal. It's not a belief. And that's kind of disgusting in a lot of ways. So I'm glad movies like this exist. It's a bummer that it didn't do better makes me kind of want to go reread the book just to see how much of it's the same. <laughs> yeah, I've never, yeah, read, I th- I've never read it. Go ahead, Buck. Yeah. Oh, I just think that, you know, if you've got, if you know a woman, you should see this movie because it's from what I have talked to a couple people that I work with, it's true to life from that time. The people that, that I work with who are, who grew up around that time. Um, one lady said, she goes, I just remember being about that age and you, you know, you're finally noticing things about boys and you're finally like noticing things about your parents and your grandparents that don't necessarily jive with who you are. And I think, I mean, I think that's true for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, no matter if you're a boy or a girl or whatever. Um, but I think this, it's just, it's a really, it's, it's what I wanted eighth grade to be. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that movie, but I was like, "Oh, you know what? This gets me a little more." I, I a little just, more. Go ahead. The emotions were a little more balanced for me in this one, you know, because that's a, that's the time of your life when you're you're laughing one second and you're crying the other, and you're you're kind of in awe of the people around you. And they see. Observing, because I've never had ch- children. I'm never going to have children. I'm not, that is not uh, part of my particular journey. Um, <laughs> but one thing I've noticed uh, as an outside observer that that a, lo- a mistake that a lot of parents appear to make is that they they get to this point in a child's life and they don't realize that part of a child's journey is identifying themselves away from their parents, choosing things specifically that are going to define them apart from their parents, like. I became a Republican as a teenager to define myself away from my Democrat parents like that. I didn't do it because I actually bought in. I tried to buy in. I tried to convince myself of those things were right. But the main point was is that my parents are Democrats, so I'm going to be a Republican. My mom is a Catholic. I'm an I'm going to be a Muslim or an atheist. Like I was choosing things specifically to define myself, to give myself my own personality that had nothing to do with them. And every child does this, and a lot of parents fail to recognize that and give them the latitude to figure themselves out and come around on that, which my mom did eventually. She she was upset about the whole you know not being a Catholic thing, but she gave me room to figure out who I was and especially politically figure out who I was, and she never tried to impose herself in that way. And it, 
that's actually what brought us you know so much closer is that she never tried to impose herself or her beliefs upon me she just gave me room to figure out who i was yeah no that's so true uh i mean i'm dealing with that now obviously i have kids and my daughter is 15 and you know it's I'm sure there's something I'm not noticing, but when it's like happening to my wife, I notice it more because it's easier to <laughs> see it happen to other people. But, you know, we're, we both are trying so hard to not have her live our childhood and the things we didn't like about our childhood that uh, I see my wife almost like hugging my daughter to death and like, you need to go here and trying to move her piece by piece. Like she's like, like it's a video game. And I'm like, she's not going to, do what you want to do she's gonna naturally rebel that's what we all did you did it i did it you just gotta let her none of this stuff's important you know (laughs) who cares what she does track in a small town she's not gonna do it in college and if she does she's gonna stop at college and none of it's like it, it just doesn't matter you know and you know she has student loans it doesn't matter if she has debt it doesn't you're gonna figure it out and uh, it is fascinating to, I mean, because I'm like right in the thick of it now. And uh, I didn't see this movie, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it with a family at some point when it's streaming. Or maybe if we. It's hard for me to go to the theater after this podcast. So I, if I missed it for this week, I wait till it's streaming. Uh, I feel like an asshole doing that because sometimes there are movies I want to see and I just like, nope, you're not getting my money. I didn't get to go the week you came out. So. <laughs> But this sounds like one that will fit right into what we're going through. Even my daughter's a little bit older than this character. It's still, uh, it just, I don't know. I'm fascinated by the conversation. I didn't even see it. So uh, it makes me want to read the book. It makes me want to see it. Highly recommend. Yeah, this is, this is a, a very, very good movie. All right. And that is our show. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> our classic this week is return of the jedi and if josh were here i'm sure he would correct me because it's probably a different name or i forgot some words (laughs) episode yeah but the uh, it's it's your birthday present so why don't you lead us through star wars return of the jedi (sighs) well star wars return of the star wars episode six return of the jedi sorry bob uh (laughs) No, Return of the Jedi is for, come, came out in 1983, 40 years ago uh, this month. And it is the, at the time, concluding chapter of the Star Wars saga where Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. That's what I remember from the opening crawl. Um <laughs> The Death Star has been destroyed, but they are building a new and bigger Death Star. And if they build the Death Star, it will create certain doom for the Galactic Rebellion. Um, It basically, this is in, in The Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader famously tells Luke that he is his father. And this is Luke coming to terms with that, along with the fact that in the last movie, he made out with his sister. Um, Leia comes out that it's a sister so that it's all nice and convenient so that him and Han don't have to fight over her anymore. Uh, What's that? Makes it easy. Yeah. Um, It's, 
it's my favorite Star Wars movie because I saw it just at the right time. I was 11. I was starting to understand how story structure works and how, you know, the third act works and that kind of thing. Um, it also has my favorite sequence, which is the Jabba the Hutt sequence, because I love monsters and things like that. And some of the best movie monsters in the world came out of that sequence. Uh, it also is divisive amongst fans because of the fact that the Ewoks on the planet Endor, where the rebels go to try to dismantle the shield that's protecting the new Death Star are little fuzzy teddy bears who take over and basically help them win the fight against the Empire. Um, at the time, I, I remember a lot of people complaining that the, the fuzzy little teddy bears shouldn't have done this. And, you know, they, they didn't, they just did it to sell toys and that kind of thing. Uh, George Lucas has come out and said that it was a primitive technology, much like the Vietnamese people who uh, won the war through ingenuity and primitive weapons. Um, whether you buy that or not, I, I, that's what he said. So I will go with that. Um, George Lucas uh, sides with Vietnam confirmed. <laughs> Billionaire. Hanoi George. George. <laughs> Hanoi George. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, if they had never made another Star Wars movie, I think this would have been a fitting end. Um, of course, they're showing in the theaters, they are showing the special edition and the special Blu ray edition um, with some of the pieces that I actually asked Josh if he wanted to go on Friday and he said he could not do it because it was the special edition and he can handle the other two, but not this one. And I, I give it a pass because it was always my favorite movie. Seeing it on the big screen, I actually watched it twice this weekend. Um, and it's just, it, for me, it still holds up. I know I, when, I, when these movies are on, when I turn them on, I'm usually doing something else. It's like listening to music for me. So sitting down and watching it, there were I caught a few things that I either had forgotten about or didn't know actually happened. Um, and I also noticed some of the changes more than I do when I just have it on in the background. Um, <laughs> that being said, I, I fully enjoy it. I will continue to call it my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, although, you know, the first one is a close second. I know that I'm supposed to love The Empire Strikes Back the best because it's existential or whatever. But I, I like the fun. I like, you know, if I want my message, that's what I'm going to do. That's when I'm going to go watch The uh, Last Jedi. <laughs> Everybody's favorite. My favorite. <laughs> I know it's your favorite, but... Um, I it's five and a half years later, and we're still listening to chuds on the on Twitter, right. you know, bitching about it. I'm just like, shut up, stop, get a life. Well, when we so, did that, uh, or go ahead. No, I was gonna say, go ahead. No, I'll let you guys wax poetic about it. Well, I guess since we're on the special edition, we haven't gone too far from that. When you guys or Josh and Sean made me watch the three of them for the podcast, uh. I 
had to, I think the only one available was a special edition, the only one I could get a hold of, and Josh was not happy about that, or he kind of mentioned, I think you'd like it better if you watched it without this and that, and I, I couldn't really obviously tell the difference. That said, as a kid, I was actually a big Ewok fan, so the, the teddy bears and stuff worked on me at three years old, or however old I was. That explains your beard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not shaving now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, i was uh, i was eight when this came out and uh i i it's the first one that i can remember seeing in a movie theater i know I'm, i saw the other two i don't remember those experiences uh you want me remember- to tell a story about you seeing the first one <laughs> that's all right that's fine uh <laughs> i uh, i i remember enjoying it at the time and uh then it became very cool to not like Return of the Jedi because you know, the because of the teddy bears and uh, yeah, what I learned this time is that this is a, this is far better than that and that the Ewoks are far more justifiable as a as a force, if you will, in this movie. They they, they do provide a a rooting interest here that is um, much stronger than I ever gave it gave it credit for. Uh, and I also don't like the fact that you know so many people use. Or, uh, Empire Strikes Back is sort of a weapon against other people, uh, against other fans. Uh, I don't, I don't enjoy that. There's so many people who do that, and it's, it's annoying. It doesn't make you cool just to like Empire. I know I love Empire, but still, <laughs> <laughs> it, it has become that sort of. Uh, I'm an adult because I like Empire. You're a child because you like Jedi. Like that's dumb. That's stupid. Don't they, do that. They, they've been bringing up uh, they they defend Jedi when it comes to how Ryan Johnson quote unquote ruined Luke Skywalker. Then they love Jedi. <laughs> See, I like the last Jedi because I'm a grown up. <laughs> yeah, you you've seen other movies besides The Empire Strikes Back and Return right. of Jedi. I uh, the thing that stood out to me most though this time watching it on the big screen and. Uh, of course, John Williams' score aside, you know, that, that's easily the most impressive thing about, about anything. Uh, it's just so very, very good. And I think they could put that to, to just about any movie and make it better. Uh, but no, the thing that stood out to me this time was noticing just how good Mark Hamill was in this. Uh, he's he's so much better in this than he is in the previous Star Wars movies, where he can kind of seem overwhelmed in the other movies uh, a little to a, to a degree that as an actor, you're noticing him being him struggling and being overwhelmed a little bit. Uh, he seems so much more assured here and confident that he's, and I know the character is supposed to be that way because he's kind of become a Jedi, but I, I think there's an aspect to, to this movie where Mark Hamill's just a better actor by this point, three movies in. He's, he's sort of found the character for the first time. And I think you can see that in his eyes. You can see that in his manner. And uh, even, you know, working his way through George Lucas's, somewhat wonky dialogue he he's a lot more uh confident and assured in doing that uh yeah he's he's so stuck with he he was so hard it was so hard for him to try and fight through all that gee whiz (laughs) boy uh, 50s boy genius stuff that he was doing in the first film and uh having to carry that over into the second film and here he's he's finally allowed to relax a little bit and, and uh and you can see how much better he is and more confident and comfortable he is in this movie. And that that's really what stood out to me this time. So did he write, like, did he have all these ideas, you know, episode one through nine or whatever, 
before he even made them because like you kind of mentioned conveniently they were able to get out of the love triangle thing by making them related uh was that <laughs> planned all along or did he just kind of finish it up and be like oh, i'm gonna change this here i guess i'm always curious about how that worked um yes and no he did have a different um he had like an outline Kind of. uh, yeah, he kind of had an outline, and it was quite a bit different than what the movies turned out to be. Um, at one point, Luke was a woman. Um, so I guess we can say that when people hate trans people with their Star Wars fam- fans, that Luke was Luke used to be a woman. Um, <laughs> or when they hate Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I some of what he put in the outline and in the initial stories that have that have been leaked or whatever that they, they, the hero did have a sister or, you know, and it did have a father that was part of it and all that, but it's, it's very loosely based on that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't, I, I don't think he had the plan, you know, to make Luke and Leia brother and sister until he decided, how do we wrap up? How do we get, uh, Leia and Solo together without making Luke look like a stooge. And, hey, Bob. Yeah, go ahead. Did you see Chase and Amy before you saw any Star Wars movies? Yes, I saw all the codes. <laughs> Literally on the show. After? Yeah. On the show is when I watched Star Wars for the first. I mean, maybe they were around. I mean, I was like three when they came out. So I. Did Chase and Amy get funnier after you saw Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just talking about the one scene where <laughs> clerks made um, more sense. <laughs> and I mean, the black rage scene in chasing Amy, I think is much funnier if you've seen Star Wars. Oh, I should, I might need to watch Star Wars again. Cause I don't remember what that was referring <laughs> to. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm almost more interested in the behind the scenes stuff with star Wars and the movies themselves, just cause it's f- fascinating to me how it all like, why did they stop then? I think it's cool that Lucas didn't direct all of them originally. It, I, I like the whole behind the scenes, you know, even the fact that the fans went and kind of created their own little fan fiction out of it and all these books. And I don't care about any of them, but I just find that whole dynamic interesting and I'm just curious, you know, you know what, what's canon, what's not. Does the new ones count as canon in most Star Wars fans' mind? Does Disney count? Like, I don't. And again, I don't. I, and then once it got really hateful and kind of like, why is this so woke? Then I got out of the interesting. That's not interesting anymore. It's just annoying. But uh, that was always more of what. I found interesting about star Wars in general, it, it, largely because I had no nostalgia for it. I didn't remember watching them as a kid. So and I think that's probably why I'm not as into Jedi probably the least just cause with that being so much fun, I think a lot of it relies on you going back to the, you know, your experience with it originally when you saw it, you know, in the theater or, you know, all the memories you have, and watching it as an adult is, you know, even though Jeff just <laughs> said everybody's cool, so they're like Empire the best because they're they're more adult than everybody. 
but you know watching it as an adult empire is the one i related to the most and enjoyed the most just because it was uh i don't know the most the darkest one and that's kind of where i where my interests lie the most metal there you go (laughs) that is weird like everything i like love star wars except for like i love kevin smith i love heavy metal all the stuff is very (laughs) based in star wars and i just don't get it or relate to it that in comic books anything else in return to the jedi that's all okay oh josh is so happy listening <laughs> uh what did you what did we do what did you do for 93 sean we're doing a movie called three of hearts starring william baldwin Sherilyn fenn and uh kelly lynch and uh it's again it's another one of these i mean we can play this bingo this 93 bingo card this 1990s movie bingo card every week because it's like sweaty guy and uncomfortable sex scenes and uh, <laughs> uh it just it's uh it's again it's another gross movie uh <laughs> it's such a dumb plot the plot is that uh a woman played by kelly lynch her girlfriend Sherilyn fenn breaks up with her so she hires a a uh, male sex worker billy baldwin to seduce and destroy her girlfriend so her girlfriend will come back to her and it's such a like and nobody and everybody's treating this like this is and you read reviews of it at the time too they're treating this like this is a screwball 1930s comedy and it's like no it's seriously fucked up gaslighting and like doing just emotional harm to people you care about like what are you talking about what is wrong with you boomers uh, <laughs> fucking, boy, th- that entire generation is so fucked up about <laughs> I don't know what it is that happened to them where they thought stuff like this was okay. This was never okay. Uh, the idea, the, the fact that there was a, an entire generation who grew up going, uh, oh, yeah, seduce and abandon. That's a, that's a plot to a movie. No, that's severely fucked up emotional abuse is what that is. Well, think of what they went through, though. They, they went to Woodstock <laughs> and then grew up and voted for Reagan. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what they are. <laughs> They're a walking contradiction. <laughs> they're the parents from poltergeist yeah <laughs> and now they won't go away <laughs> oh so true yeah we had i it's it's been it's still it's still very much fun to watch uh mj who's you know 19 uh watching and reacting to these things just completely blown away by the kind of the kind of things that apparently uh, their grandparents thought was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so this wasn't the because one of the Baldwin's had a threesome movie around this time, if I remember right. This I, was I not think, that apparently, right? This, this, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Stephen I think was in it. Yeah, the the stupid religious one. <laughs> There's so many Baldwin. Yeah, well, Turns out that Billy, movie? Laura, Laura Flynn Boyle was in it. Yeah, I don't know, right? It turns out Billy's actually the best of the bald ones. If you follow him on Twitter, he's like the the nicest one. <laughs> the rest of them are just a complete disaster. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh-huh. Next week uh, we're doing uh, we're doing Dave, uh, Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, 
replacing the president movie, and we'll see how that one holds up. I was wondering, because you have a handful to choose from next week with the Bruce Lee movie and Much Ado About Nothing, and I was curious what you were going to go with. That is cool to go, because that is Boomers Love Dave. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I like Dave okay. I mean, it's a good straight-ahead comedy, I guess. It's been a while since I watched it. Also, next week, Guardians 3 comes out, and... I part of me wanted to see if this movie even existed because in my head I remember seeing it like at the end of high school, beginning of college, called Scotland, PA, and loving it, but then never hearing of it again, never seeing it in a video store, never anything. And Sean said I could pick the classic, so I picked that, and it does exist, and it's free on Amazon, and I hope it's not terrible. That's that's the game we're going to play this week. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard of this movie. I've never heard a thing about it. I hope you like Bad Company. That's all I remember about this movie is like all Bad Company songs all the time. That's not why I liked it, but that's just the only thing I remember that. And I think it was like Young Mara Tyranny's in it or something like that. That is a part of my childhood right there is uh, is listening to Bad Company's greatest hits. I love Bad Company. Well, I hope this Are is you- a good movie. <laughs> Jeff? Are you being facetious? I can't tell. I'm serious. I love Bad Company. Oh, okay. Okay. Paul Rogers is a fantastic singer. Oh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not dissing Bad Company. I, I when I DJed, I used to have to play them, and I'd never really paid attention to them. I used to have to play them. (laughs) Well, I didn't know them, and then I played them, and then I actually enjoyed them. So I was just curious because, yeah, sometimes people say I love something, and they're being ironic. It is effortless for me to call forward any bad company song, and I know the words to it. That is how much oh. I listen to it. I mean, for me, like all those bands from that era, like Boston and you know Kansas and Sticks, I like I like Bad Company the best. I think. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We can talk <laughs> about Bad Company next week. Uh, we're doing awesome on time. Let's play Flick Shred unless you guys got to get going. No, I'm good. Let's yeah. go. Oh, crap. Should we put up Return of the Jedi? Of course. Just don't embarrass <laughs> me. Do we all know what Bob's going to vote against every single time. Just vote for Rocky for me. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Uh, please, Sean. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, wait, oh no. Ewoks. Battle for Endor. <laughs> no. You know, technically, those came out in theaters... Uh, in 84 and 85, I think. Mm. So, I mean, we they do turn 40. Yeah, that's all right. I, I, we gave you a birthday. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we're good. Well, maybe my birthday next year will be <laughs> Ewoks, the Battle for Endor. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really talk about, were we doing the podcast when those turned 30? I don't remember. Maybe 2014. Yeah, maybe I don't. Josh definitely talked about them, so yeah, that that covers it. Josh mentioned them. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Be kind. Rewind. Return of the Return Jedi. Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Men in tights. Return, Return of, the of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Notting Hill. Yeah, Return not. The- never mind. Return of the Jedi. Obviously. Return of the Jedi Insomnia. Return of the Jedi. 
I love that poster. A little bit because I do like Insomnia a lot. Um, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I want to watch Insomnia again, though, soon. Return of the Jedi sideways. Sideways. Return of the Jedi. Boom. Return of the Jedi Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Return of the Jedi. Boom. All right, I voted for both Blade Runner and Sideways. Sorry for those listening at home. <laughs> uh, Return of the Jedi, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Close Encounters. Return of the Jedi. Close Encounters for me. Yeah, if you're listening at home, anytime that I... if. Sean and I disagree. Bob is going to pick the other film. <laughs> I mean, so you know, like Notting Hill, I would have gone with you guys. There's some of them I would have stayed with you, but well, I'm saying if if Sean like like okay, we've got a beautiful mind. Return of the Jedi. If Sean says a beautiful mind, you're going to pick a beautiful mind. I like a beautiful mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Return of I'm the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I'm curious though if I will like a beautiful mind if I have to watch it again because Ron Howard yeah. is really. <laughs> lost me and that's my favorite yeah. ron howard movie return of the jedi Ooh. philadelphia return uh, of the jedi yeah i love philadelphia but i can't it's hard to watch yeah i'm with that's where i'm going with that yeah return of the jedi close encounters again again close encounters. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say return of the jedi again I'll say close <laughs> encounters again it is 139 between black panther and philadelphia that's Seems weird. That's a nice. That's a fine spot for it. I think that's a fair spot. It's like in my top five. I think. I'm sorry. No, I, mine is the only one that counts. This stupid show. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> I need to take that approach. Sure. How do I do random? <laughs> Predators. Gotta watch it still be all right. Predators weekend, 1967. I've never Weekend. seen Weekend. I haven't either. Is it any good, Sean? It's really good. Not what? the Predators. I actually really like Predators, but not up against Jean-Luc Guitard. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60, gone in 60 seconds. seconds. You can't You can't watch uh, Predators with your pinky <laughs> when you're drinking your drink at the movie theater. That's why he watches Empire Strikes Back as well. The boy. Fine. Classic next week is Weekend. Sorry, Bob. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> the Black Dahlia Spanglish. Uh, I Black actually Dahlia. like both of these movies. Uh, surprisingly enough, it's, it's actually a really good Adam Sandler movie. But I'm I'm taking the Black Dahlia. I think I, I I don't understand the hatred this movie gets. It gets a lot of hatred from people. I think it's phenomenal. I agree. The Terminator, The Manchurian Candidate, 1962. The Terminator. Oh. I actually love The Manchurian Candidate. The, that version, I've not seen the remake. Um, and Angela Lansbury is amazing in it. I took me t- three times to watch it, though. And The Terminator can literally just be on the background and I will get sucked into it. So The Terminator. Yeah, I picked on watchability myself. Marathon Man bringing down the house. Oh, God. I mean, which one is better at torture? 
<laughs> well, one's about torture. I assume you should go with that one. <laughs> one is an implement of torture. Uh, I hate them both because uh, I, you know, my my opinions of Dustin Hoffman are well known. They're, these are both garbage movies, as far as I'm concerned. So you guys go ahead and pick. I haven't actually Marathon seen Man. one of them, so Jeff gets oh. to pick. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Divine Love. Not seeing Divine Love. I don't know I that don't one. Either. That's it. I think you know where I'm going. Indiana Jones, Underworld. <laughs> Underworld. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Come on, Sean. Last Crusade's bad. He watch it again. It's not bad. It's fun. I just watched watch it, it again. a couple it's months bad. ago. That's the Return of the Jedi to Indiana Jones. I'll go with Indiana uh. Jones. I've never seen Underworld. Uh, sea Beast Assault on Precinct 13 2005. Assault on Precinct 13 That's actually surprisingly Shockingly good Yes it is You actually watched Sea Beast Yeah I watched it for the Critics Choice Awards nice. Not bad Magnolia Ooh, movie. Das Experiment I've never seen Das Experiment Neither have I Magnolia <laughs> Night of the Demons 2 <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Night of the Demons too. Boom. Fuck you guys. Fuck both of you. Oh my god, it's added at good. number eighty. Great, good cho- good choice, guys. Put that one right there, number eighty. Well done. I am not even making fun of it. I hate that movie. Say anything, the professional. Say anything, the professional. I agree. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or Rumble in the Bronx? See, I like Crystal Skull. Uh, <laughs> I think Crystal Skull is cool. Uh, Rumble in the Bronx, though, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Indiana Jones because I like it, too. I'll go Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> mean Girls, Funny People. That's tough. Oh, man, because I love both those movies. Um Man, I'm going to go Mean Girls because it's shorter. <laughs> I'm going to go Mean Girls because I was really thinking about it this week after watching Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and how Rachel McAdams went from the bitch character to being pretty sympathetic and likable in all the rest of her movies. Mm-hmm. I think Mean Girls is a tighter movie than I like funny people, but the only thing I don't like about Mean Girls is the meme every October fucking third. Yeah, <laughs> wherever it's like it's like the April twenty fifth one from Miss Congeniality, a movie I love. But if I ever see that meme again, I'm gonna fucking run amok. Uh, Sorry, the the worst is it's gonna be May. That's no, worse the than, worst. The uh-huh. worst is May the fourth. Let's not, <laughs> shut up. Let's, shut up, Bob. <laughs> just for that, just for that, I'm gonna share <laughs> on our page. I'm gonna share okay. my May the fourth artwork. <laughs> From the Star Wars Holiday Special, Sorry, by the way. Just kidding. <laughs> Shrek the Third, The Wild Bunch, 1969. The Wild Bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I love Shrek, but I like The Wild Bunch. Coneheads, Secretary. Uh, I'll Secretary. say that I, I love Coneheads. I think Coneheads is awesome. I'm taking Secretary, but I, Coneheads is, is, a, is a huge guilty pleasure for me. Uh, Fast and the Furious 6, Boiler Room. Oh my god, Vin Diesel against Vin Diesel. I know. That's the only way that Dom, whatever his name is, would die. (laughs) Because if he went up against himself. 
It's the only one he'll put over. <laughs> I think you're the deciding factor, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go boiler room. As am I. Due date, Underworld, Rise of the Lichens. Due date, because that Underworld doesn't have Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, due date, sure. Due date's pretty disappointing overall. But yeah, that should have been an amazing movie, and at best, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, at best, at best, it's about the same as planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. Amadeus, Planet Terror. Amadeus, by a lot. Oh, I don't know. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. It's Amadeus. Amadeus is amazing. I do like Planet Terror, though. <laughs> Shrek Forever too. After, The Count of Monte Cristo. I guess Shrek is Monte Cristo's a mess. Sure. I agree. Synecdoche, New York, A Simple Plan. Tough one, but it's synecdoche for me. But uh, simple plan's awesome. Uh, I'm gonna say Not simple bad. plan because I don't think I've ever seen synecdoche. I don't. I haven't Wait. either. Oh, it's such a good movie. We did it's a classic, didn't we? I didn't watch it. That was back when I didn't watch Not all the classics, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're the only one who saw both, I'll go with your pick then. Uh, Team America, World Police, Time Cop. Time Cop. Team America, puppet sex? <laughs> Come on. Agreed. Psycho, you don't mess with the Zohan. Psycho, Psycho. 1960. Psycho. Even if it was Psycho 1998, <laughs> I would have picked it. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery or Little Women, 1994. Little Women. Little Women, yeah. Definitely. That Pet Cemetery sucks. Even the 94 version of Little Women is better than that. Fucking pet cemetery shit. Amstad, Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, I mean, give you this one, Bob. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2, yeah, just because Amistad is hard hard to watch. Uh, the Breakfast Club, The Aristocrats. The Aristocrats, that documentary is incredible. Yeah. Even though it's a Breakfast Club. I agree. The Royal Tenenbaums, Marie Antoinette. Man, god damn, that's tough. Oh, it's like Marie Antoinette is like uh, Sophia Coppola's most underrated movie. Um, I'm going to go with Tenenbaums, but it, it's really close for me. I'm going to pick Marie Antoinette just because I'm kind of sick of the whole Wes Anderson aesthetic. This is the only Wes Anderson movie I really like. So I'll go with Tenenbaums, but I do like Marie Antoinette. Meet the Parents, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Uh-huh. By a lot. Bean Keepers Creepers. Keepers Creepers. Yep. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Sex Lies and Videotape. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Sex Lies wow, and Videotape. Wow, this is so hard. Sex Lies <laughs> and Videotape. <laughs> the Killer Inside Me, Gladiator. I don't think I've seen the killer inside me. Neither. Or you can check the uh, check the archive blog to make sure. <laughs> you want to <laughs> double check me on that? I might have a review. I don't know. I have. It's kind of boring. It obviously didn't make much of an impression. The Princess Diaries, Gladiator. The Princess Diaries. Yeah. I'll go Gladiator, but I don't really care. 
Dinner for Schmucks, Jackass 3D. Jackass 3D. Definitely. Way more male nudity in that one. <laughs> Mission to Mars, Hot Tomorrows. Never heard of Hot Tomorrows, but now I want to because that title is amazing. <laughs> but the cover is terrible. <laughs> Mission to Mars, Lethal Weapon 4. Ah, fuck. Mission to Mars is so bad, I have to pick Lethal Weapon 4. That's how bad Mission to Mars is. Sure. I like Lethal Weapon 4. I know it's bad, but I just like watching those movies. Rent the Adjustment Bureau. The Adjustment Bureau. Yes, the movie that I saw being filmed, The Adjustment Bureau. Oh, nice. Courage Under Fire, A Serious Man. A Serious Man. What an incredible film. Absolutely. Sideways, The Graduate. Sideways. (laughs) Definitely sideways. (laughs) I saw The Graduate pop up, and I'm like, oh, I know what Sean's picking. (laughs) You know what? I'll make it interesting. I'll pick The Graduate. Because of Anne Bancroft. I love Sideways. The Oxford Murders, Ministry of Fear. Um, neither one, actually, for me. Fine. So again, Ministry of Fear, great title, once again. Secondhand it's a good Lions. movie, too. Oh, you saw it? We could have voted for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> Sean's running the show here. <laughs> Secondhand Lions. Secondhand Lions being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. I've never seen Secondhand Lions, but I like being John Malkovich. Bicentennial Man, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Oh, God, I hate Tom Cruise so much, but Bicentennial Man is like nightmare fuel. Oh, God. You pick, Bob. Jerry Maguire. Okay. Is there anything from Tom Cruise you like? No, I really don't like him. Wrong turn, Gandhi. Wrong turn. turn. Child's Play, 28 Days Later. (sighs) 28 Days Later. Oh, this one's really hard for me because I love Child's Play, but 28 Days Later is so good. Yeah. Um, Child's Play. 28 Days Later. I, I knew I could get, you know, I could vote for that one. It's like like we're in Congress and I'm the 51st senator. <laughs> Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, The Green Mile. The Green Mile. Green Mile, boss. The Third Man, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, 1996. Third Man. Third Man. Baby Driver, The Change Up. Uh, baby Driver, I guess. Changeup is just not as funny as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I like them both, but Baby Driver. I mean, sure. I, I love how great Nicolas Cage is in Baby Driver, so I guess I'll if go If he that. was in it, it'd be even better. <laughs> uh, many sides of... Many Saints of Newark. Howard the Duck. Many Saints of Newark? Oh, God, no. Fuck that. that Howard terrible. the Duck. Yeah, yeah Howard the Duck. That was the Sopranos movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was lame. Or I don't think you're supposed to say lame anyway. That was stupid. Uh, North by Northwest, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. North by Northwest. By Northwest. Pocahontas, Warm Bodies. That's a totally different Pocahontas than the Disney one. 
<laughs> is it same year? That's that. Well, that. Uh, I mean, the art style, the poster is different. I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah, it might not be the same one. That's I don't definitely know. not the Disney one. If that's. <laughs> All right, that's we'll try something. Parody. Deadpool two, warm bodies. Deadpool, Deadpool two. two. Let me in, steel magnolias. Let me in. I have to say, steel magnolias. I love the right that one so much better, though. But we'll go with that. The Shining, a walk to remember. <laughs> the Shining. Combining those two movies, that'd be amazing. <laughs> If you just like made Shane West and Mandy Moore play those roles, could you imagine? Yes. <laughs> the I Shining. I mean, actually, they'd be pretty good today. They're both pretty good actors now. Yeah. <laughs> this was a terrible movie at the time. Running Scared Psycho 98. Oh, fuck me. Psycho 98. <laughs> yeah, probably mm-hmm. Running Scared is bad. They're both bad. The Interview of the Gray. The interview, yeah. Yeah, the interview. King Arthur, The Legend of the Sword, Hangover Part 2. Hangover Part 2. Yeah, just like Robin Hood movies, we don't need any more King Arthur movies. We're good. Mm -hmm. Annihilation, The Cable Guy. Annihilation. Annihilation. Absolute Power, RV. Absolute Power. Yeah, I've never seen RV, but I'm guessing I probably from that. It's from that unwatchable period of Robin Williams' career, which is a very long long period of his career. Unfortunately, (laughs) I mean the last 22 years of his life. (laughs) Goodwill Hunting pops up in that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Range though. (laughs) No, even as unwatchable. Clock is is right twice a day. (laughs) I guess he does have two decent movies. Uh, The Green Hornet, Fatal Attraction. The Green Hornet. Fatal Attraction. I don't really care. Fatal Attraction. I voted for Sean last time. <laughs> Rope, American Werewolf in London. Rope. Rope. Rope is awesome. Army of Darkness, Anastasia. Army of Darkness. Yep. Agreed. So I married an axe murderer, North by Northwest. North by Northwest. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even waiting. Sure. No. <laughs> smiles of a summer night, the whole ten yards. Never smiles saw of a summer smiles night. Of a summer night. A Deadpool Deadpool two bloody movie. Never heard of bloody movie. Yep. Uh-uh. No. Deadpool two Exorcist the beginning. Ex- Deadpool, Deadpool two. Deadpool two. Yeah. <laughs> you almost say Exorcist. No. Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, Reign of Fire. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Creature Lagoon. from the Black Lagoon, one of the best Universal monsters. Kids, don't tell mom. I'm going with the feel good one. I'm going with kids. Yeah, I'll, don't let any of my gay friends find out I didn't pick. Don't tell the mom the ba- don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. There's a there's a like a gay thing about that. Oh my god! Like, I five people I follow on Instagram is just. Every other day, I'm right on top of it, Rose. Huh. Yeah, and they love that movie. And I'm just kind of like, eh. The Lamb Before Time, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And The Rocks the Cradle. Yes, absolutely. Rebecca Dormorny should have been a bigger star. No kidding. Mm. 
the Blair Witch Project Flight. Flight is very Flight. good. I'm going with the uh, Blair Witch, but yeah, the Flight is a very good movie. I'll go Blair Witch too. Did I hear you say Flight, Jeff? Yeah, I love Blair Witch, but I can't. I can never watch it again. That's true. Because it, it was too much, too shaky the whole time, and not as big of a payoff as I wanted. Although I, the first time I saw it, I was freaked out by the end. Right. It's all about the experience and you can't never, yeah. you're never getting that experience after the first viewing. I, I yeah. saw opening night in the theater in Des Moines. And then I decided that one, one night, like a year and a half later, I really wanted to see it again. And this was before streaming and we didn't have cable. And so I went to Walmart at midnight and bought it and rewatched it. And I'm like, okay, well I just paid 20 bucks for a VHS tape that I'm never going to watch again. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't. I just was like, it made me ill the second time. I always wanted. I never did it, but wanted to like get the VHS of it, throw the cover away, and just have it hidden in their drawer, and be like, "Hey, kids, what's this?" <laughs> and put it on, and <laughs> have them try to experience it that way. But I ended up showing it to them too soon, and could never pull that off. Uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, nineteen ninety nine, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water incredible film yes juno hudson hawk (laughs) juno juno assassination nation the ridiculous six assassination nation it's not good but it's certainly better than ridiculous six i have never seen either one of those movies did you actually watch ridiculous six sean i mean like five seconds (laughs) (laughs) then i turned it off (laughs) I didn't have to watch it. Thankfully, he's, yeah, he went to Netflix. And well, the I've show never did it. We, Josh and I watched it. And yeah, you and Josh. Didn't. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I reveled in not. <laughs> Last one. Miss Congeniality, Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. Miss Congeniality, that is my one of my comfort movies. I watched that the day after the 2016 election. Um, also, speaking of Lars and the Real Girl... That's the comedy remake of the movie called Love Object. Have you guys ever seen that movie? It sounds familiar. I, d- I haven't. Uh, Desmond Harrington from Dexter. He stars as a guy who gets a uh, sex doll and it kind of takes over his life in a, in a not so fun, cutesy way. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, I did see that. It wasn't bad. Hmm. I mean, it's Lars and the Real Girl. I feel bad voting for that. Sorry. (laughs) It's also a comic take on Boxing Helena, but that's a... (laughs) I'm kidding. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Do you know who was originally supposed to play Sherilyn Fenn's part? Was it Kim Basinger? Madonna. Madonna. Kim Basinger was supposed to be somebody else's part. She She was up for it, too. Madonna was signed, and then they apparently saw some other acting she did, and... Oddly, so no, thank you. Oddly, uh, Sherilyn Fed and the director of Three of Hearts, which we're doing on the ninety three podcast this week, they had a falling out over boxing Helena because she refused to do a nude scene in Three of Hearts after her experience on boxing Helena, and the director's like, "Well, you got naked for them. Why won't you get naked for us?" Fucking prick. <laughs> Is that the one where Kim Basinger like got sued for backing out of it? I think that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Unless you guys want to do Big Trouble Little China and Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> no, that's fine. 
All right. I'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. All right.